Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Joining us tonight, it is Austin Keeney of Wide Right Natty Light to look through the season that was for Iowa State. Uh, what went wrong? What went right? Some things did go right. How much of this is on Matt Campbell? And uh, what are the things that Iowa State can do to turn things around in 2023? All that and more coming up on the day show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube, tap the bell for notifications, like the videos, leave comments, all of those things. We are beginning our season retrospectives on every single team, and uh, we'll handle Iowa State and West Virginia as the first couple because they're not playing bowl games but what I, what I will say is um Iowa State felt a bit closer than West Virginia did but at the same time I'm not sure they were a better team than West Virginia was and I I have to say this like starting with this team uh I think it was six one score losses in conference I believe is what they ended up with overall I think that's a six, either six or seven um this team it it was just so one-sided, Austin, and it didn't get any better. It was the same thing every single week. There was no week where you look back and thought about, oh wow, that was there was a Iowa State offensive explosion this week, right? I guess the 31-14 went against West Virginia, but West Virginia's down lower, you know, beside them in the league. It never got better. It was like the same thing every single week. Now, how they lost the games, different story, but it was the same thing every single week functionally, correct? Yeah, yeah, Josh. Pleasure to be on the podcast as always. I uh, figure we better start from the bottom up and, uh, and work on <laughs> Iowa State first. So It's just because you don't have a game. You have no bowl game, right? So it's on to the off season. I know we're, we're used to prepping for a bowl game at this time of year. Matt Campbell's right. got us used to it. So right. this is a, a little bit of a different feeling, but um I guess where I would start is I'm not sure if we were the best four and eight team of all time or the worst four and eight team of all time. I really, um, you know how they always, you know how they always say like, as long as you beat your rival, you had a good season. Right. We kind of tested the limits of that. And and I would say (laughs) it wasn't good. Well, the rival came early. The the ironic part is the rival came early in the season. I remember that being like, you know, it's funny because that was a classic Iowa, Iowa state low scoring game, but they had this unbelievable night. Was it nine? I think it was 99 yards. 99 drive, yards. Right? Yep. Tom and Manning's masterpiece. Tom Manning's one masterpiece from this year. Um, and, you know, this is an offense that was dreadful this year, but they, they had a first team all American on it. Mm-hmm. Xavier Hutchinson. Now that's probably why the offense was bad. Not saying it's his fault, but he was the only player to speak of. Right. I mean, you knew what was coming. And, and honestly, a lot of times, Teams could kind of just let him eat because there was really no other option. But this team's this team, I think, from a, from a broad perspective, because we'll, I guess we'll get into the offense. But from a broad perspective, like I thought they would take a step back. You know what I mean? I thought they would take a step back. And so I think being fair to this team, like a five and seven, six and six was the range I saw them in. And I think I pointed three games: Texas, uh, Kansas. And then I think Oklahoma State is a third one that I, I will point to. Maybe you feel differently, but I'll I'll point to that one. And think, the three. Oh God, I, I think you got those three. And then Texas Tech at home in the cold 
Yes. Where we got stopped on the on the goal line twice on, goal on line. fourth down. Right. And Kansas State, we lost by one point. And weird. That was a bizarre game. That was a all, weird, weird football game. So the way my season tickets at Iowa State work is I get uh, – it's a mobile pass. It's a different seat every week. And there's about one time per year where I'm going to get really good seats. And it was the Kansas State game. So – I watched us kick three field goals and I watched Xavier Hutchinson drop a ball that would have got us into field goal range at the end of the game. So I think five coin flip games and we lost all of them. Right. And that's the problem is that they were not equipped to win the games. Right. And, and you know, the Texas one is like, that's the one probably that's the worst to me because of your, your, I mean, I know Xavier made a bunch of awesome catches all year long, but like the one that was maybe the most wide open of the entire season. Yeah. He drops and you obviously have the weird fumble with Hunter Deckers and, and kind of you know that situation. And then you, you mentioned you make three field goals against Kansas State. How did you lose the other team from Kansas? I think it was, was it three, correct? Three missed field goals three, was yep. how he lost that one. I was and at so, that game in person too. So yeah, I, And mm-hmm. it's funny, this I've had this talk with some people, like it's how much of this falls on Matt Campbell. And sure, some of it does, but – to me, like I actually thought this team was probably where this group of talent should be in terms of like where they were success-wise. Some results just didn't go their way. But like they were to me, this season should have been around five and seven, six and six. So they're actually in the neighborhood of where I, I thought this team should be. Yeah, yeah. I think honestly, we probably had the season we could have expected to. We took that step back like everybody thought we would, but if we flip one of those close games and go five and seven and just barely miss a bowl game. We're probably like, that's okay. You know, we were, we were bound to take a step back. We lost a lot of talent, but four and eight and one and eight in the big 12 just leaves that awful taste in your mouth. So it just, yeah, not, not what it could have been, even though the team probably performed to the level we should have expected it to. Yeah. Uh, The offense was a huge problem. I, I, I think I heard the stat. It was, uh, if they'd scored 20 points in like in all their games, they would have had like eight wins this year, I think is what it was. Right. Um, the offense, they couldn't run the ball and they were starting a guy for the first time as a full, a full-time starter, excuse me, who just at this point in time was not equipped to handle that. And to be fair to him and Hunter Deckers, not given the necessary offense around him to handle that. That's my read. What do you think? Yeah. I, oh my gosh. How do you expect a quarterback to succeed when you have no running game? Your offensive line is frankly not good in pass protection. And schematically we were kind of a disaster throughout the year, you know, like how many times can you have him throw a three yard route on third and five and, you know, expect a, a lot of what we were doing was predicated on guys making guys, you know, miss and yards after catch. And it just didn't happen. So Hunter Deckers, you know, he made a lot of mistakes. He is first time yeah. starter threw a lot of interceptions threw a lot of bad interceptions. And I want to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because he was put in an impossible position to succeed. Uh, this year, 14 picks, 19 touchdowns, 26 sacks. Yeah. He was sacked 26 times. That quarterback position is going to be an interesting thing because if you could entice somebody to go to Iowa State, you, you should. I think I think that's how I feel about it. But also, I'll say this: there are guys, Austin, where you know, think about football, like especially these young quarterbacks. Will Howard, for example, I thought Will Howard was terrible 
terrible his first two years at K-State. And you look at him now, and, and this is this is my read on this. If he has a good year next year, there's not going to be a following year for Will Howard because he's 6'5", he's a big guy, strong arm. If he does what he did this year, again, you apply to a full season next year, NFL scouts, I think, will be all over him and want him to move on. Hunter Decker's like, should we apply the same logic to, hey, he's a young guy, right? Even Quinn Ewers, we saw him towards the end of last year. It almost felt like he got worse, right? And they were so run heavy at the end of the year with their offense. I feel like there's a lot of, and I think Blake Shapin's a guy too. We got to practice patience. It's this weird mix, right? Because there are guys available. You could pull one in to possibly give yourself a lift. But also we've seen with guys a la Will Howard, what time, and Max Duggan's a great example of this too, what time can do to make you into the player that you eventually become. And it's a pretty you know impressive player a lot of the time. Yeah. You look at Hunter Deckers, he's got talent. You know, you talk about that play against Texas. There's a reason Xavier Hutchinson, you know, the ball hit him right in the hands. Right. A beautiful. Like the, chest, like the chest, right? He did the same thing against Oklahoma State. Jalen Knoll dropped a wide open touchdown on a beautifully thrown deep ball. Hit him right in stride, just dropped the ball. So Hunter Deckers has talent. I, I wish we would bring in someone from the portal who could, you know, push him a little bit. I'd like to go into next year and not say he's the unquestioned starter no matter what. We've obviously made some changes that's supposed to hopefully help spur that. We're not even done making changes yet. But if we're going into next year with Hunter Deckers, maybe even with some damage confidence and a true freshman, J.J. Cole, who's a a well-regarded recruit, yeah. but not a guy that I can see stepping in immediately as a true freshman and playing in the Big 12. So what does that mean? I don't know. We didn't really have any backup depth this year. So when Hunter Deckers made mistakes, we just kind of had to throw him out there and let him learn through it. So what's the expectation when you change from Tom Manning to Illinois legend Nathan Shieldhouse? Yeah, yeah. What's the expectation there with that? Um, That's a great question because we're not done filling out the staff yet. I would be surprised if we do things a lot different schematically next year. But Shieldhouse, he's an ace recruiter. He's a guy that's been on the staff for a while. Well regarded as this guy's got future head coach written all over him. So the I feel like if we didn't give him the job, he was going to go somewhere else and he'd get hired as an offensive coordinator. So I think what it's really going to come down to is who do we bring in to coach the offensive line? Who do we bring in to coach the quarterbacks? And Shieldhouse, I mean, he was responsible for running backs and wide receivers. That's a lot to put on a guy's plate. Mm -hmm. So hopefully him being able to just coordinate the offense as a whole and step back a little bit on those positional responsibilities. And I'm assuming he'll call plays, which... I don't, again, it's a lot of unknowns because he's young. He's never been a coordinator before, but we got to hope that if they're willing to move on from Tom Manning, who had a very close personal relationship with Matt Campbell, right. those guys have worked together for a long time. Matt Campbell realizing that, hey, this didn't work and we have to do something different. I'm I'm hoping that we're going to allow Shieldhouse to call plays and do things a little bit differently, do things his way. Hey everyone, quick word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by BetOnline and BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. They've got it all covered at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, they have got those as well at BetOnline. 
They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It's where the game starts. And then the running attack, right? The offensive line was not up to, st- I, I guess we learned this year that they don't grow Brees Halls on trees uh, as oh, we watched man. Brees Hall in the pros. And then we also watched Iowa State's running attack. Now, mm-hmm. look, it's not all about the guy. Oklahoma State's good example is like, I'm not really sure it would have mattered who is playing running back for Oklahoma State. I don't think they would have done very well. Um, is Do you think that logic applies to Iowa State? Do you think it was a combination of the backs? And because I know people like Jairo Brock, right? He, he's got some experience. Obviously, I know people like him, but do, what is your read on the running back situation, right? Or not the running back situation, the run game situation? Because th- this was a, I think it was, uh, they were 107th in the country or something like that in the 100s in terms of, you know, rushing yards per game. And, you know, and that's not always a great way to look at it, but like it did, you don't watch Iowa State and feel like they were effectively running the football this year. Not at all. Never felt like it at all. Uh, you look at, Jairo Brock, I'm assuming he's coming back. We really don't know yet. Cartavius Norton is a freshman who kind of took over the job at the end of the year. And then we're bringing in a guy, um, I think his first name is Arlen, Arlen Harris from Stanford. So we understand that there's room for improvement in the running back room. But again, it's really going to boil down to who's coaching the offensive line. And we haven't hired a strength coach yet either. So really the most important position on the staff, all the most important spots on the offense you know, coordinator, quarterback, coach, offensive line, coach, strength, coach. That's for both sides of the ball, right? I mean, strength. Yeah. Coach is, that's both sides of the ball. You're talking about there. So the reason I think the running, ba- the running game struggled so much is because we couldn't open up holes. Right. Offensive line was not effective. And again, we're, we're still figuring out what that's going to look like. Who's going to fill that spot on the staff, but that's where the most room for improvement is going to be is, bringing in a new strength coach, beefing up that offensive line, and then getting them working on opening up more holes for our backs. Because I think we have talent in the running back room. We just didn't get an opportunity to show it on the field. Let's let's talk defense. This defense was fantastic the entire season. I guess you'd say save the TCU game, but like, I don't really, I'm not going to really count that one against them. I think that's pretty fair. Not, not, you know what I mean? Um, this defense all year, was even after being put in a lot of bad spots in times by the offense was dominant. They were fantastic. They were good to watch. Um, What John Haycock has done with his defense. I, I mean, you know, I think there's reason to believe like they can keep not producing this level maybe, but like maybe this gives, I think this is what Iowa state fans should think. If you can keep doing this and not once again, at this, at this level, if you can keep doing something like this because of how well coached and how well organized the defense is, if your offense is once again, average, you can put, you can win a lot of games. You can win six, you can win seven in some years. If your offense is good and borderline great or effective, whatever term you want to use nine and 10 is possible. Right. I think for, for Iowa state. And I think uh, that this is the upshot. This defense was awesome and usually you can't say that because eventually the dam breaks, right? With an off when, when an offense keeps putting you in bad spots like this one did all year. The dam did not break, I felt like, at all this year in a lot of their meaningful games at all. I don't feel like it did. 
I'm amazed at what John Heacock is able to do because he kind of wrote the book on how to shut down modern offense. Right. And everybody copies him now, but they still can't solve Iowa State's scheme. So we still run it better than anybody else. And we're going to have some departures. Will McDonald, the all-time sack leader in the Big 12, he's graduating. He's moving on. MJ Anderson was a transfer that came in this year and had an incredible year. He's going to the NFL. Anthony Johnson is out of eligibility. So we're losing some of those key pieces. But that's a situation where I can lean on John Heacock and the system, and I know that we're going to put a good defense out there. Uh, do you think – so you feel the same about next year on defense as well. It's going to be similar results, similar-ish results. Because I, I feel like Will McDonald didn't even have – like he didn't have that no, season he, that we thought he would. He didn't. Yeah, he came in with like two sacks away from the record, and he broke it in like the 10th game of the year or something. Right. He, he took up a lot of blocks. He had a you know a decent year, but not a like a jump-off-the-page kind of year that we would expect from him. So um, – a lot of new guys filling in. It wouldn't surprise me if the defense isn't great in September of next year, but knowing the scheme that we run, the way that it works, we've got John Heacock there. He's the master. He knows how to shut down modern offense. When you look at the recruiting for this team going into next year, um, and, and think about the transfer portal as well, you know, we hear so much about five-star culture. That is what Iowa state is. That's what they build on. So do you think it's a situation where they open things up in the portal or are they much more selective because that is how Matt Campbell approaches things? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't count on anything crazy out of the portal. Like I said, we got Arlen Harris from Stanford. That's, I think it's pretty rare for us to have like power five transfers come in. Right. Um, we are probably looking at FCS grad transfers, guys from Mac schools in Matt Campbell's backyard. Um we haven't had a ton of like defections through the portal compared to, I think some other schools, which has been nice. You don't have as much you have to replace, but that means that you're bringing back a lot of pieces from a four and eight team and expecting them to get all that internal improvement. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't see a lot coming out of the portal, maybe some smaller school guys that are ready for a step up, but I don't think you're going to bring in like, like we talked about, like a star quarterback or, you know, a, a game breaking wide receiver or anything like that out of the portal. But you do, you do mention right in the recruiting. I mean, their one top 300 guy is JJ Cole. Yep. So they are getting that quarterback potentially. And look like it's, you know, if I, if I am Matt Campbell, I would say, okay, we just saw a freshman or not freshman, but we saw a first year starter get, you know, tossed around a little bit, mm-hmm. but still it's an open competition, right? It should be an open competition with whatever they've got at the quarterback spot. Once, once camp hits, correct. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that doesn't mean that we're not going to bring in a guy from the portal who maybe has a little more experience, but uh, Deckers will be the clear guy heading in. J.J. Cole, like I said, he's an 18-year-old kid. He's from Ankeny, Iowa. He's, you know, local. You look at, we've got Iowa in the second week of the year. I know they're coming to Jack Trice, but you look at Iowa's defense, you're like, do you want to throw a true freshman out there against him? And how are you expecting them to perform? So, I, I, I don't know. It should be an open competition. I don't know if it's going to be, but I don't know. If J.J. Cole jumps off the page, if he's awesome in camp, then that's just a bonus for us. Otherwise, we're looking at a guy who now has starting experience and a new quarterback coach who's hopefully you know, going to help him out. Is the confidence in Matt Campbell shaken at all as we head into 2023? Not for me, and the reason is because he was actually willing to 
admit Make that change, I, right. my close personal friend, Tom Manning, who's coordinated my offense for like six of the seven years that I've been at Iowa state. It just, the bottom fell out this year. We, you know, when we had all that talent, we were really productive. And this year it stunk, you know? So him accepting that and really cleaning house for most of the offensive staff, you know, internal promotion, whatever, the staff is going to look very different. You look at the other program in our state who finished 130th in the country in offense and has no. Is the any, worst team in America to watch play football on a week to week basis. Yep. And there's no indication that they're going to change their offensive coordinator. You know, if, if we were running it back, Tom Manning's still there. Offensive line coach is still there. Quarterback coach is still there. Then you might have me not like doubting Matt Campbell, but maybe just like, come on, man. You know, you saw what happened last year. How are we not making any changes? So the fact that we were willing to do it after this season, after the first down season in a long time, tells me that he's adaptable and willing to make change. One more word from our sponsors on today's show. We are brought to you by the NHTSA. Drive sober or get pulled over. You're hanging out with your friends, putting a few back, watching the game. A few becomes too many as the evening comes to an end. People start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. No, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. That is wrong. Everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. And I I forgot to mention this, but like, you know, when we mentioned the Iowa game, I mean, this Matt Campbell is breaking barriers for, for this, this program. Even in the four and eight season, he got the monkey off his back of beating Iowa. Right. And he did it in Iowa city too. Nonetheless. Right. I I think that's important to note that like this guy, you know, he's actually, and I was surprised Austin that we didn't hear his name, that, that Purdue job. If I was Purdue, I, I like Ryan Walters a lot. I went to Missouri. I, you know, I, I think he was a fantastic coordinator. It sucked to see him leave. And I, I hope he does a great job. I wasn't surprised. Uh, I, I was surprised that, you know, I, we didn't hear Matt Campbell's name in the mix. And that was a, is a pretty quick thing. But uh, I think the one thing that we, uh, we will expect, and this is probably not going to happen, you know, this year or whatever, obviously the NFL could still come call. Right. I mean, we know they've called Matt Campbell in the past, mm-hmm. but you know, the 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 hotness around his name right the the you know, kind of the hottest names whatever that's off matt campbell which probably is a good thing right i mean it's almost a good thing because i don't think the quality of him as a coach has dropped not at all and i think next year is like year eight in ames or something right that's it's like awesome shocking shocking yeah. long-term results there like there's a reason that fans are upset about four and eight you know back in the the paul rhodes era we would go into a season saying, if we go four and eight, that's awesome. You know? So the, the floor of this program has definitely been raised by a significant amount. Um, you know, Matt Campbell is still the best coach in Iowa state history. The pe- people who are like, you know, what's going on with this guy. I can't, you know, how, you know, I look how smart Nebraska was for not going and hiring him. He's still a great football coach. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Uh, I, I wish you and I could go, 
let's look ahead of the schedule when the Big 12 has decided not to release the schedules for a Gee, I wonder a why. Yeah, you know. And they're trying to OU, figure some Texas things out, right? Good old there, Oklahoma yeah. and Texas to figure out where the hell they're playing, who they're playing, and when they're playing them uh, next year. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously exciting to, to, to get those those new teams in there. And I think it's it's exciting because – I know it's a bad year, but I still feel like, you know, even when you add in those coaches, I'm, I'm excited to see Matt Campbell and John Hickok go against a Gus Malzahn, a Daniel Holgerson, mm-hmm. right? I think there is a lot of excitement when you bring in, because that's the thing about the new guys coming in. Like it's, it's a bunch of pretty good coaches. So it's yeah, going to be fun. I think Iowa State that's, to see. A, that's yeah. a real disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, Luke, yeah. That, Cause that's the thing. Actually, we had this conversation last year. Like, who are the best coaches in the new Big 12? And I think I put Luke Fickle at number one. I, I don't like number – I am two behind Gundy. I think I had Matt Campbell number three and then Gus Malzahn like number four. So I think it's I think it's pretty exciting with, with the new group of coaches. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is a big offseason, obviously, and and I, I think uh, for Iowa State, like what is the number one thing that you are looking for this offseason? I mean, it's it, – you just – you got to nail the – the staffing on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. So I I'm taking the easy way out. I can't say there's one thing in particular because there are three extremely important roles that we still haven't filled. You know, like I said, right. QB coach, offensive line coach, strength coach, right. we nailed those hires. Then I'll feel pretty good going into next year. All right, Austin, uh, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Yeah. Uh, Twitter at Austin underscore keen. I'm on the light cast. We got a whole bunch of stuff going on there. Um, yeah, wide right natty light. That's the place to find us. Still awesome. trying to still trying to write a little bit of satire in there too. I, I had a Brian okay. Ferentz, Brian Ferentz for offensive coordinator one that uh, was kind of fun. <laughs> the higher that the higher that that I was actually needs to make. Uh, yeah. Austin Keeney, wide right natty light. We appreciate your time as always. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for having me.